0: Hi, I'm Jenny Williams. Hi, I'm Emily Stenigan. Hi, this is Nick Winter. Hi, this
1: is Holly Evans. I'm Ben Hook, and in conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Welcome to another episode of Hooked on Sport. First, an update on the return to sport from Sport SA CEO, Leah Cassidy.
2: Here we are, Monday the 11th of May, with some important updates from the government on the roadmap to return to sport. We've had advice now that further to the information provided on Friday, that the 10 people directive for training does not include the coach. You don't need to count the coach in that 10. We've also heard that multiple groups of 10 can train in areas where you can demonstrate that you have one person per four square metres of distance. So the example we had on Friday was a a soccer pitch or a footy pitch divided in three or outdoor netball courts that could have 10 person per court. Well, this now applies to all sport. So again, if you can demonstrate that you're keeping that four square metre rule, then you can zone your field appropriately. The other information new today is food and beverage cannot be provided at the venue. Athletes must bring their own water, their own food. So let's just do some reminders too about what we heard from Friday's information session. We can now return to outdoor training from today, the 11th of May. The training must be non-contact, a maximum of 10 people maintaining social distancing. With that updated advice now of multiple group trainings, we have to minimise the use of shared equipment and toilets and equipment storage areas can be accessed, but where you can keep this to a minimum. Promote and educate your players and staff about good hygiene. Ensure you've got hand sanitizers available and you're regularly cleaning and disinfecting your contact areas. Manage your entrance and exits so you reduce bottlenecking and that chance of close contact. And a good practical tip for this is perhaps schedule your trainings with a 10-minute break so that one team can come in, they can train, there's a 10-minute break to allow them to leave the facility before the next team comes in. Of course, we know swimming pools, one of the few indoor areas that can be used, it's 10 people, one per lane. And in the case of children's sport, only one parent or guardian per child is permitted and they
1: must maintain the social distancing. Thanks, Leah. This is episode 11 of Hooked on Sport, and today we meet the Benjamin Button of the Australian martial arts scene. Michelle Wilson has two kids at school and unusually by any measure for an elite athlete is pushing 40 years of age. But she is an 11-time Australian karate champion in the 61-kilogram class, and the older she gets, the more dominant her performance has become. On top of her athletic career, she is the head of sport at Adelaide University, overseeing more than 30 sports clubs playing under the uni banner. We're on the roadmap back to competition, and while we wait for that day to arrive, we'll keep delivering all the latest information as well as plenty of interesting guests to provide their take on the recovery. Michelle Wilson joins me next.
0: Hi, this is Leanne Eichler from the Contacts Network Club, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport.
1: Michelle Wilson, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thanks for having me, uh, Michelle. University sport—it's something that I've admired from afar for so long. Just describe what it means to students to have the opportunity to represent their university.
0: Uh, it's a really fantastic opportunity for students to, uh, I guess, balance life with study. You know, it's a—it's a good outlet for students to have something else to focus on, uh, and there's lots of evidence to suggest that students that are involved in sport and clubs um, actually perform better academically. So um, we have the whole gamut at Adelaide Uni Sport from, um, you know, community, social sort of level right up to elite sport. And for many students representing the university um, at what is normally the uni Nationals might be the highest level um, that they compete at. So it's a really important interim level um, for students.
1: 36 sports, Michelle. You must juggle some balls
0: yeah there's um it, it's quite an interesting mix actually and when i came into the role just over a year ago um you know i'd seen the list but the the diversity is, is amazing we have everything from scuba and gliding to martial arts to women's rugby sevens that compete at a semi professional level um and pretty much everything to us not just the traditional cricket football soccer um but yeah it, 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 it's it something for everyone
1: Michelle, the one thing I've always noticed about Adelaide University is it really holds the ideals of amateur sport high. Is that something that has perhaps taken you by surprise in your relatively short time in the role?
0: I think, um, you know, it's, Adelaide Uni Sport has a really long South Australian tradition. We're celebrating a 125-year anniversary next year. And, um, you know, amateur sport is one of its great strengths um you know we have students that really hold on to to their experience with Adelaide Uni sport, and um, it connects alumni you know in the future so I think um yeah it's it's amazing to be honest.
1: Tell us about how you manage and we were just sort of touching on it I suppose but you've got elite athletes so uh, Maeve Plouffe is a classic example of someone who is at the absolute peak of her sport and off to the games originally this year, now next year. Uh, but then there's the, the absolute weekend warrior who might be playing amateur soccer or even a a, a a sport that has no profile whatsoever. How does the uni deal with managing the desires, the needs of both of those sorts of groups?
0: The, um, the main approach is that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach and it is really... Sort of catered um, at the look at. So, you know, as an example, we have a volleyball club, which you know is a, a reasonably high profile sort of sport, um, but they only compete socially because that's what their club wants to do and is and is able to do at this point in time. Um, and then at the opposite end of the spectrum, our cycling club does have some um, some international representatives, and you know, our cricket club competes at a high level, um, as does our football club. I think. Yeah, the key is really, um, like anything, there isn't really a cookie-cutter approach. And once um, we provide, I guess, support at whichever level they want to aspire to be, most of our clubs are student-led, which is a a unique situation in community sports. So many of our community members are kind of learning as they go as well. Um, And I think, you know, it's it provides students with an enormous opportunity to to gain some experience in sports administration or club administration that helps them move forward as they graduate and enter the workforce.
1: I'm talking to Michelle Wilson. She is the General Manager of Adelaide University Sports. She's also an Olympic Games hopeful uh, in karate. We're going to talk about your karate career very shortly, Michelle, but 36 sports, head of all of them. Is there one sport you've thought, gee, I wouldn't mind giving that a crack?
0: Um. I think, like, lots of the, the sports have kind of really opened my – a lot of the clubs, sorry, have opened my eyes to the breadth of what they do. Um, our – it's called Mountain Club, but really it's outdoor recreation. And, you know, they're doing everything from kayaking and mountain biking and um, rock climbing and slacklining, a whole bunch of really cool things that I'd love to give a go um, once my karate is over because I'm pretty accident-prone, so I'm sure I'd probably <laughs> have myself doing something. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, like, Matt in particular – my younger years, I probably would have liked to have given um, the women's rugby sevens a, a crack. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I mean, I had kind of been exposed to all the traditional sports in high school. Uh, but some of the things that, that these guys do, um, it, it's it's really amazing. And I think, um, like, it's it's a really good opportunity for students just to have a go. And, and that's what I really love about Adelaide Junior Sport.
1: What have you noticed in amongst all of your sporting participants And how they've dealt with the fact that we've had no sport over the last couple of months. Has that been, is there people that have struggled with that?
0: I think, um, you know, the reality is that um, I think everyone's been impacted in in some shape or form. Probably um, those that have adapted better are, you know, those that compete at probably a more elite level, because I think that's something that comes with being an athlete is that adaptability. Um, I think the other thing that's important to recognise is lots of people participate in our sporting clubs for the social interaction um, and probably more so the emotional and mental health benefits that come with that. So that's something that we've been really mindful of. And whilst you can move many things to online um, and, you know, there's been lots of Zoom classes and a whole range of different things, nothing really beats the, that, that human interaction. Um, a lot of our clubs, you know, the, the members are, well past their playing days, So it's more about the, the social interaction that happens, you know, coming and watching a game of footy or watching a soccer game um, and just hanging out with your mates. So I think that's probably where I've noticed, um, uh, you know, the, the biggest impact. Um, having the 30-odd 30, 30 different clubs, you know, there's a whole range of different gov- different governance things that we're kind of working through as we support them all to do AGMs virtually probably for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's some some challenges there. Um, but I think, yeah, really the the emotional and mental health benefits of, of people connecting, I think that's the real strength of the Adelaide University sport community.
1: On that basis, how keen are you to see all of this behind us and your communities back together?
0: Oh, I can't wait. I think uh, sport will have such an enormous role to play. Um, in bringing everyone back together and, and, you know, it connects communities. So I think, uh, you know, that's probably why there has been such a a push for community sport commencement as soon as is practical. You know, of course, taking in mind all the relevant regulations that are required, I think, uh, you know, here in South Australia, we're in a a good position to start to introduce, you know, sport sooner rather than later and we're prepared to do so pretty much as soon as we get the (laughs) go-ahead.
1: Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation.
0: It's important to normalise the mental health conversation. Let's feel comfortable to talk about our mental health in exactly the same way as we would talk about our physical health.
1: And now back to the show. Let's move on and talk about uh, your karate career. It's, it's extensive. for 25 years you've been involved in Australian teams. Um, Where are you at with uh, hopes for what is now the 2021 Games? Was that a setback for you, potentially? I I imagine you were aiming for 2020 and then possibly starting to think about other facets of your career. Was that not ideal for you? Um,
0: Yeah, I think I'm still kind of digesting it all, to be honest. Uh, I mean, the chances of Australia qualifying somebody outright for the Olympics is quite small. There's only 10 spots worldwide. So it's not a every every country gets a representative, or even um, you know the region through Oceania. So I think for me, um, we had one event left um, on the qualifying calendar before uh, what was actually it was supposed to be next weekend, um, the World Karate Federation Olympic qualification tournament. Um, and I'm thirty points behind being eligible for that tournament, which, um, for some context, is literally participating in one event. So. Um, having that last event cancelled wasn't ideal. Mm. Um, I guess at this point in time, the WKF haven't made a decision on what they're going to do and I continue to train and, and wait. I think the key thing for me is I didn't walk into the ring a month ago or probably six weeks ago now at my last international competition thinking that that was the last time I'd represent Australia. So I definitely feel like the, you know, the, the door isn't closed. Um, whether or not that means continuing on and and trying to get to that qualification I think will be a little bit determined by what the WKF does but um, certainly you know I I stuck around probably for another two years than what I might have done beforehand because karate got into the Olympics for the first time Um, and I don't think I want to watch it you know in July next year and wonder how close I might have might have gotten. Having said that 40 this year and, um, you know, the body certainly doesn't recover as well as it used to. So there's probably a couple of things that I need to to think about, but I'm still training. And if anything, I'm probably training more. It's easier for me to fit in, um, you know, at at the moment because I've got two young kids and um, having everything at home is actually quite convenient Mm -hmm. as opposed to traveling around and things like that. So um, it's a bit of wait and see, I think
1: regardless of what's ahead of you head do you reflect on the career you've had is uh, I didn't want to give away your age Michelle but you were prepared to so uh, let's focus on that 40 years of age two kids uh, twins who I think uh, uh, at primary school um, so there's plenty on your plate as it is but I mean even so you've still had a, a remarkable career that hasn't showed any signs of waning in recent times uh, the Oceania champion last year and as you said sort of around the mark for Olympic selection. How do you reflect on what you've been able to achieve thus far?
0: Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know. I think karate is obviously a a very low profile sport and has got maybe a tiny bit more profile getting into the Olympics. Um, I think that's one of the great things about our sport is it's not high profile. So the people that are doing it are really doing it because they love it and they're pushing themselves to be the best version of what they can. I think... You know, if I was to reflect on my career, I'd know that I got everything out of myself that I could. I'm certainly not the most naturally talented athlete. Um, I'm pretty determined and I'm pretty relentless. So I think, um, you know, that's probably something that I'll hold, um, you know, pretty pretty close to me. And I think, you know, if I was if I was to reflect, I'm pretty happy that um, coming out of South Australia as a karate athlete and and doing um, as well as you know. As I have, and even just going to the World Championships, we only send one person from Australia to the world. So for that person to come from South Australia, where our whole state team is around about twenty individual athletes, compared to Victoria, which has one hundred and twenty, um, it's you know it, it's nice to see that South Australia is holding its own.
1: Was there one thing in particular, regardless of what uh, comes in the future, that you'll you'll remember more fondly than anything else?
0: Um, I think. For me, um, I won my first national championship at 24 um, and I think I hold some sort of Australian karate record for the most amount of national championships, not one. I had, uh, I think, <laughs> 11 silver medals at that time. So that was pretty special for me, um, you know, consistently in the finals, but just never kind of getting over that last hurdle. Um, and then, you know, I similarly, internationally, I'd had you know, lots of success, you um, at junior level and a reasonable amount of success at senior level. But I only won my first um, Oceana in 2016. Um, And that, I guess, probably was the turning point for me um, was, you know, oh, hang on a minute, I think I'm probably, you know, still in this a little bit. Um, and I will be able to, you know, have a look at the Olympics. And I just said 2016. It was actually 2017. you think I would actually I get a remember these things. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I was 36. So to win my first Oceania at 36 is, is pretty crazy. And after I'd had my girls. So, um, I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, you're always, my coach always kind of says you're always still in it. And I think I went, you know what? The Olympics, it's only another two years um, until the qualification process know, really starts to ramp up. I'm sure I can, you know, hold out for that long. And, yeah, here I am.
1: Michelle, I've got you as having won 11 national championships. So you've won 11 after you came second in 11. Is that how it works? Uh,
0: so I, um, yeah, so I guess junior and senior. Um, i I'd, I'd made a few finals as a junior and never won a junior um, title despite going to... Junior Worlds and a whole range of other things. Um, but yeah, I won my first thing is, uh, in 2000, and, um, 2005. And uh, there's two sort of championships every year. So yeah, one won, I think four in a row from 2009 to 2012. Um, and then yeah, won the last, won the last three, I think.
1: We were just talking uh, before you came on air very briefly. Uh, you mentioned you are training from home. Just describe what that's like.
0: Uh, yeah, it's um, chaos is probably the <laughs> best uh, best way to describe it. Um, yes, I'm doing some strength and conditioning training. Um, Sassy have very kindly lent us some gear from the gym, so that's been fantastic, just being able to fit that in. Um, and also, yeah, doing some Zoom karate sessions with some of my teammates. Uh, which, is, which has been good. But, uh, yeah, I'm training outside in the shed. So on a day like today where it's been raining for most of the day, I'm I'm wondering what that's going to look like tonight. Um, but it has actually been really good for us all to connect, you know, virtually and kind of see how everyone's going. And in all honesty, I'm seeing my teammates more than what I would normally because they are all on the eastern states. Um, so it actually has yeah, probably increased for me, whereas they're probably feeling a little bit more isolated. I'm feeling more connected.
1: Michelle, I'm not going to uh, ca- cover. Well, I'm, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat this. I'm always quite intimidated uh, by people who are very good at martial arts, and I've realised now I'd be quite happy to take you on and about, so long as it was over Zoom. Yeah, that's it. I think
0: Zoom would be a good way to good way to do it. Good distance, I think.
1: You, can't, you couldn't hurt me from uh, you, you couldn't hurt me online, could you? No,
0: no, I don't
1: think so. <laughs> hey, Michelle, great to chat. Um, so interesting what's going on with Adelaide University sport, but. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing with us a bit of your story about uh, the chase for what's still alive, an Olympic dream uh, heading to Tokyo in 2021. That's the place where you'd want to be competing in karate. It's fascinating. Thank you for your time here on Hooked on Sport.
0: Thanks so much
1: for having me. Hi, I'm Bruce McEvany, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. What a life Michelle Wilson leads. With a delay to the Tokyo Games... Imagine what an achievement it would be if she could make it there on the other side of her 40th birthday. What an athlete. Even more remarkable when you balance that against her role with Adelaide University Sport. So, after a lesson in martial arts, we're leaving the dojo at Hooked on Sport. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. We're at Hooked on Sport on Facebook. Get in contact and say hi. Thank you to Ben Watson who created and performed the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's production team, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Be kind to one another. We'll chat soon here again at Hooked on Sport.